Welcome to Bears Victory Monday, baby, on Second City Sports, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. <laughs> Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, at Sports Zone Chicago, Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your access to Apple, iTunes, or Google Play. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You can listen to our live uh, shows, including this one, Second Sports, you can catch up on past shows that we have right here on the network, Lashawn Maya Moore, uh, Howard Tex Hall, of course, all the other live shows we have on here as well. You can, if you miss any episodes, you can catch up on them using the Sports Zone Chicago app. If you want to listen to the audio version of this podcast, Sexy Sports, you can do so at War on Anchor, available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeart Radio app. Make sure you type in those search boxes on those podcast platforms. W-A- or anchor. And make sure you follow War Media on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at WAR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. And thank you very much, Miss, for your support. I'm yourself, Miss Lakina. You think I'd be used to that by now? Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Well, unapologetically fun, we have very different opinions. Lakina, <laughs> I, I want to start off by congratulating the Chicago Bears by defeating the Cincinnati Bengals exactly? 20-17 on the late front. For what? For what exactly? It, it is real. Yeah, it, It's real, folks. It's not fake. Uh, the Bears did defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-17. If you listened to our last show on Friday, you're surely out of the three of us, along with our good friend Christine Manico, who's coming up this week on our next show to pick games for week three in the NFL. Uh, yours surely took the Bears. As I told you on Friday, the teams that lose big in prime time usually show up the next week. You know, of course, it has a lot to do with the opponent, but the Bears did show up. They did defeat the Bengals, and I told you it was going to be by a field goal. You know, they didn't score on the last second field goal, but I told you it was going to be by three points, and that's exactly what happened. Certain quarterback, Andy Dalton, had the first touchdown of the game. He had a 12-yard completed pass to Allen Robinson. After that, he ran two times for 25 yards. Uh, the first, the second run, which injured his left knee, he, he did come back in the game, but he eventually had to leave the game, thus throwing in Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields did look good, Lakina, except for the interception uh, late in the game, which uh, helped tighten things up there for the Bengals. But, Lakina, I am encouraged by what I saw from Justin Fields. What did I ask during preseason? We all know that uh, Mr. Fields can run out of the pocket. I want to see if he can have that strong arm mentality, if he can throw it downfield. He did show it yesterday. He, you saw it a little bit here and there in the preseason, but he showed it yesterday, I believe, with timing and more reps with the first team, which I assume he's going to get up at Hallis Hall this week. Uh, he could be something special. Now, it's going to take some time. I know Bear fans don't want to hear this, but it's going to take some time for Mr. Fields to uh, adjust and get acclimated with the ones. But 
as I said before, the the the, the road to redemption for the Bears will start when Justin Fields gets in there full time. It, it may happen this upcoming week if he gets his first start against the Cleveland Browns on the road. Well, here, look, here's my little whole synopsis of this whole game. Because it was like, like I said, all that was missing, and I tweeted out yesterday, all that was missing was the trick, the circus music. It, it was just terrible, you know, on both sides <laughs> and on all fronts. Okay, you beat you, you, you the bagels. Good for you. Yay. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. You know, get sacked Joe Burrow four times. You intercepted him three times. You had to pick six. Okay, yeah. Okay, you know, Eddie, okay, Eddie Jackson. Okay, yeah. This week you actually looked good. Let's do this against a, a, a better um, you know, O line and such. So I'm not look, I'm you're not gonna get any flowers, you're not gonna get any bouquets from me, you know, being a team that you know, let's be honest, you know, they're they're still not there yet. And they're still kind of like on the on the up and up for the Bengals. But okay, yeah, look, Justin Fields, I'm not I'm not worried about him. Okay, yeah, he didn't have his best game, but he's a rookie. Okay, whatever. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna like freak out on you know those numbers. I mean, okay, yeah, defense he showed up, you know, World Cross had eight tackles leading the team and 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 such, but you know, including uh, the pick six. But again, you know, let, let do this against a decent team, and then maybe I'll Maybe I'll give you a, a look see, but right now you're not going to get any vocation rate for being a, you know, for reading the Bengals. You're not. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City, Lakina are here with you breaking down the Bears' 2017 win in Week Two over the Bengals yesterday from the late front. Uh, shout out to our good friend um, Armando. Um, yeah, good afternoon. If you want to do like what he usually does on every show, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up for you. And if any of you guys decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will get, politely give you the boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> Lakina, uh, speaking of giving, uh, giving folks the boot, the Bears defense uh, with four sacks and a pick six for Roquan Smith, who had a great game yesterday. I told you guys that the defense was going to have to step up, and they did against a lower-tier offensive line in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals' running game couldn't quite get going like they did last week, and they went over Minnesota. Joe Burrow. Uh, he looked average at best. I know he had a touchdown pass late to Jamar Chase, well, well, the rookie wide receiver, his former college teammate from LSU. But through the majority of that game, Lakina, I thought the Bears, they, the, the secondary still has some shoddy tackling at times, but I thought the linebackers played well. I know Eddie Goldman was not there again yesterday. He missed his second straight game. But I thought the defensive line did a fairly good job. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, they, they did okay. I mean, look, I'll, I'll give them their props. I mean, look, Smith had a great game, including with the pick six. Like I said, he let the team in tackles. I mean, yeah, Eddie, yeah, okay, Eddie Jackson, okay, your biggest hit was, you know, knocking off Duke Shelley. I mean, you know, come on. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't real very, okay, that, that wasn't a really good hit. But, you know, they, they had their drops, too. I mean, look, Allen Robinson had a drop, you know, one of the top touchdown passes from fields. And, you know, look, if he wants that big money, he wants that big payday, you know, you, you can't afford to have those type of drops. And, and look, this, this offense is still a work in progress. This defense, yeah, let's, let's see they, let's see them try to do this against a good team, which they'll be facing on Sunday. We'll get into more about that as, a, you know, as a, uh, the days go. But, you know, okay, okay, yeah, you look, you look good. Okay, you know, the, the offense still looked – you didn't give the ball to David Montgomery as much as you should have. And I, I kind of feel like, you know, he only had 20 carries. You know, Justin Fields had to had to run a ball himself a couple of times. And, and so you really didn't have a plan. And the, the more interesting thing for me is how is uh, Andy Dalton's status. 
Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you saw, you know, he was walking around the sideline, you know, Laura Oakman, who did the the sideline for Fox, you know, Fox Sports, along with Kevin Cooler and Mark Sanchez, who I think did a really good job on the booth Sanchez Mm -hmm. did. And, you know, she said that, well, you know, He's been telling everybody, you know, Dalton, I mean, has been telling everybody, you know, been telling the guys that, oh, well, you know, look, I'm, I'm fine. But then, you know, 10 minutes later, the Bears say he's out because of the, uh, the knee injury. Now, it turns out he has a bone bruise, you know, he's week to week. So, and then, and then, you know, Nagy wins his whole word salad about, oh, well, you know, eh, you know what, I, you know. I'm not going to get into that and, you know, non-committal, <laughs> but then he came out like a few minutes ago after the presser and said, now, nah, you know what, and he's our quarterback basically. So this is just, just a bunch of, you know, word salad and the, you know, the, the, I'm sure the locker room was divided. I know a lot of the guys there wants feels to start. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you know, that, that's going to be the more interesting part than this game last night. I mean, I mean, yesterday I should say, I mean, okay. Yeah. You beat the Bengals. You hope to do. Okay, fine. Whatever. But this is really what's interesting me about all of this. <laughs> Take a look at the Bears' statistics offensively from yesterday's win. Justin Fields went 6 of 13 for 60 yards in an interception late. Andy Dalton was 9 of 11 for 56 yards in a touchdown to Allen Robinson early in the first quarter. Uh, the rushing numbers looks like this. David Montgomery, 20 carries for 61 yards. Justin Fields, 10 carries for 31 yards. As I mentioned earlier, Andy Dalton, 2 carries for 25 yards, including the longest run of 14 yards in the receiving department. Darnell Mooney stepped up, had a big game, six catches, 66 yards and Allen Robinson, two catches, 24 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery, as I was asking on Friday, will we see more of him out of the backfield in terms of receiving? He, he had four targets, but he had three catches for 18 yards and Marquise Goodwin had a catch for 10 yards. Lakina, I meant to bring this up on Friday, but I saw a little bit of it yesterday and not necessarily from the tight end position. You notice I didn't read any statistics from the from the tight ends because they didn't receive the ball. I wanted to bring this up on Friday. Will we see more of play action, especially after the game that David Montgomery had last week over 100 yards rushing? We saw uh, we saw some play action yesterday, but give Cincinnati's defense credit. They had all the players covered downfield, and that's why we, we saw Andy Dalton run for his life the way that he did. Yeah, it was. The, and I think I will also, you know, mention that I think Comment had to make one catch, but it was, you know, it didn't go for anywhere. And like our buddy, you know, uh, Antoine, Mr. Showtime Ward, you know, comment. Showtime. Yeah, two big drops from uh, Mooney and Robinson. Mm-hmm. He said that worries him. And and look, I, I look. This is unfortunately this, is their, this team's still a work in progress. I mean, you still mm-hmm. we'll see how it, it feels. Does end up starting against Cleveland on Sunday? Which he you know, should, no matter what happens to Dalton. Well, again, you know, like, like these are the Bears we're talking about here, folks, and you know, I know, you're, I know. You're, especially with that, that person we just saw earlier this morning. I mean, about, not earlier this morning, about an hour ago. You're not going to get much from you know Nagy. So I, I think this whole thing, it's going to divide the locker room. It might end up, you know, I'm not. I don't think it's going to result in anything horrible, but the consistency of it, you know, bringing you know Fields in, you know, every few plays, you know, for packages and blah blah blah. It's gonna get tiring. You can't. I, I was doing a um, I, I was doing like an after show with our buddy Kyle Means and Joe over uh, Warren Media, and it, it's just you know, we all said the same. The three of us all said the same thing that this is you can't get away with this. You know, assuming if Dalton's still healthy, you can't get away with this. You know, as we get into the season, you got 17 games now. Teams are gonna gonna, gonna latch on to it. They're gonna catch up to it. And and look, okay, yeah, Fields didn't have his best showing. And look, let's remember he's a rookie. You know, we so we said it's Peyton Man didn't have his you know his best rookie season. <laughs> he had like what thirty interceptions or something like that, mm-hmm. and you know some m- m- among many others factors. So you know, I think people need to kind of just you know 
relax a little bit. And also, with another quarterback we'll talk about in our uh, studs and duds segment. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Tuan said, let's not praise the Bears defense. It was the Bengals. Thank you, Tuan. Thank you. Thank you, Twan. That's why we're friends. Thank you, Twan, for saying this because <laughs> I think that's the thing that people are missing. That it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. Come on now. Well, the I guarantee you this: the Bears will give enough three hundred yards or four hundred yards of total offense. Will be hammering right now, like we did last week against a better opponent in the Rams. So I'm not saying this defense is 85. I'm not saying this defense is better than last year's defense, which carried them through the first half of the year. But uh, they did do what they had to do yesterday against a lesser opponent. That's that's what we expected, and, and, and that's what happened. So I'm with you. Let's not overreact, but I'll give them that just do, like you said a few moments ago. Let's give them that just do. And speaking of giving people that just do, Will Crossman had a sack yesterday on run with that pick six in the fourth quarter. Khalil Mack, is finally nice to hear from him. He had a sack. Robert Quinn, you know I had a question marks about him ever since last summer when they brought him in, Lakina. He actually showed up yesterday with the sack. It's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. Not a stand, but he still did something. He showed up on the session besides my TV screen yesterday. Well, here, look, he made a bullheaded play by uh, tackling uh, Burrow. Burrow was basically daring him to tackle. And, yes, it might have been you know, a good acting job on Burrow's uh, side, but mm-hmm. you're, you're a veteran, Quinn. You know, don't, you don't, you don't do that. And the official is right there. He's going to call – you know, they're going to call it every time. So that was a boneheaded move there. But, okay, yeah, you, okay, good. <laughs> That's nice. I mean, look, I'm not like I said before. If you look, if they can, you know, do this type of you know game plan against the Browns, they probably can't. Uh, I'll give them <laughs> their due. But right now, okay, you beat the Bengals. You're one and one. You're you'll you'll be tied for first place in the NFC North by the end of the night tonight. So okay, good for you. Let give them you know some you know bouquets of flowers. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We break down the Bears' first win of the season in their whole opener yesterday at the Lakefront, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 20 to 17. On the flip side, Lakina for the Bengals. Joe Mixon carried the ball 20 times for 69 yards. Receiving Tyler Boyd had the biggest day of them all seven catches for 73 yards. T. Higgins had a touchdown late in the game. He had six catches for 60 yards. Jamar Chase. Had a touchdown late, two catches for 54 yards. And as, as I uh, looked at the game yesterday, Lakina, through at least the first two and a half, perhaps three quarters, the Bears defense, besides the shoddy tackling at times from the Bears secondary, they did a whole Joe, Joe Burrow to mediocrity at best, uh, slightly below. Now, like I said, I'm not saying this Bears defense is back yet. Let's, you know, forgive her what they did last week at, at Los Angeles, but. They did hold Joe Burrow down to what he did last week in their win over the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, okay, you know, they they they, they neutralized Mixon. You know, they kind of you know stalled him for a little bit. He only had sixty nine rushing yards, and oh, okay, that that's good. That that's a good thing. And plus, two some of those throws by Burrow, you can kind of tell that. Remember, he didn't play a full season last year, so you can tell that some of those like a <laughs> rookie would. Well, especially that 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 next that last one, the road card, it was like right to him, and mm-hmm. and, and and you know he didn't get any help, you know, from either Chase or Higgins, you know, and, and some of those the, those throws. Now he did get it together a little bit, but it was kind of too little, too late after that. But I mean, okay, again, I have nothing else to say about this game. I mean, okay, you beat the Bengals. Okay, let let's move on to the Browns, and this is sort of when we'll see how good this team really is. 
And our buddy Antoine Showtime Ward uh, chimes in again. I do believe that it should be Dalton's job until he loses it. However, there should be packages for fields consistently in certain situations and not just random moments of the game. That's what we talked about on Friday, Lakina. Would Justin Fields get on the, on the field more than five, six, seven snaps? Of course, Andy Dalton's injury changed all that. And so we, we saw Justin Fields for the majority of the game yesterday. As we said before, we uh, he still has some things to learn. It looks like the young man wants to learn, and he and his uh, practicing habits are great. His attitude is great. Uh, despite what uh, the injury says for Andy Dalton is, me personally, Justin Fields should be your starting quarterback going forward. Now, I think this was the Bears' plan all along. If Andy Dalton's in there, it gives the Bears the best chance to win. If Justin Fields is in there, uh, you signaling that you're rebuilding. As we said before, like, and we won't go too much into this, but the Bears are, are in a transition mode anyway. So Justin Fields is your franchise quarterback. Him sitting on the bench for a long time will not help, but he eventually will need some experience. And that's what happened yesterday. I know some folks don't want to throw him in there next week against Cleveland, but if Andy Dalton's healthy enough to play, and that happens again, what happened yesterday is really null and void. Well, and then, well, and I think, you know, I think this, this is kind of the type of game that you actually wish that he could have had a better game so that you can have that confidence going into the Browns game. But again, like, it, like you were saying, like, it's, it's, you know, the rookie season, you're going to get growing pains. And it, it, it's, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to put too much stock on it. I mean, okay, yeah, he had a bad, you know, showing, but that doesn't mean he's not going to get better. I mean, and you learn by doing, but then, you know, sometimes you can learn by watching. So it really depends. You know, he's, this is a guy who is an eager beater who beaver who wants to learn and on the, on the fly. And again, we'll see how he does. I mean, that's a really good front seven that, you know, that he'll be facing with the Browns. But, you know, I, I know they lost one of their, I lost, I don't, I know they lost one of their top guys, jo- Josie Jewel for the seat for the season to a torn pec muscle so he'll be out but they still got a really good front seven the browns do so i mean look you you learn you want to throw him to the wolves you know fine but you know i I just think that you just gotta you just gotta ease him in i think yeah we'll see what happens because of the question the sixty four thousand dollar question will be who's going to start at quarterback depending on andy dalton's health will it be dalton or will it be justin Fields? so we keep our eyes and ears on on that uh, situation going on with the Bears at Hella Hall this upcoming week. We reached the bottom of the hour here on our Bears Victory Monday right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. On the flip side, we'll review the, the best and worst of the NFL from week two action. Yesterday, we'll give you our studs and duds, and we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football match between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. You're listening to Second City Sports only on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen
download the free Score app. Lightning Fast updates so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports on this Bears Victory Monday on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Let's transition over to week two's action from the NFL from yesterday. Lakina, let's start out in Philadelphia. The San Francisco 49ers are 2-0 after a 17-11 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Lakina, I did watch the majority of this game in its entirety via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was 7-3 at halftime. Jimmy Garoppolo threw a touchdown pass late. He threw another one in the fourth quarter. Couple things that 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 jumped out to me: the Philadelphia Eagles couldn't get punched the ball in at the goal line. They couldn't run the ball with with any consistency. And the 49ers, they uh, people talk about them escaping Detroit with the win last week, which which they did. They really. Uh, escaped Philadelphia with the win yesterday. If the Eagles were more consistent on offense, they they would have won the game. You know, I picked them to win on Friday, but they really disappointed me on on offense yesterday. Brandon Graham, their uh, defensive captain, he suffered a torn ACL, so he's out for the year. Uh, Philadelphia just couldn't get anything going offensively. Yeah, it was just like they stalled a lot of drives. I think, you know, Perks did what he needed to do, but, you know, they were, they were something Greg Warp, you know, a couple of times and, you know, that didn't work. And it just, it just couldn't get anything going offensively. And look, San Fran did just enough to win. I mean, you know, Garoppolo wasn't flashy, but, you know, like, like I said, I mean, he did just enough to win and, you know, Lance wasn't out there, but I guess this is the kind of game that you want if you're San Fran. I mean, you know, kind of like, you know, you, you tough it out and you grind it out. So, they did just enough to win, and look, there were nothing, you know. I'm sure Kyle Shannon will be the first to tell you that there, it, it wasn't the best performance, but they did just enough to win that to win that game. So you know, it is what it is. Speaking of the Chicago Bears, next opponent, the Cleveland Browns got by the Houston Texans yesterday, 31-21. Baker Mayfield, 213 yards and a touchdown pass. Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards, and they score. Tyrod Taylor for the Houston Texans. He injured his hamstring. He's day-to-day. It looks like he may not play in, in their Thursday night home game against the Carolina Panthers. Lakina Houston did cover the spread, I believe. They did cover the spread because they were uh, under 13, 14-point underdogs. They lost by 10. But uh, Cleveland, they were in the battle for the first half of their game, but they pulled away late. Yeah, they did. And look at the, you know, Texas, the Texas gave them 
they gave her a run. There were a couple of things that happened during the game. Uh, David, you know, David Cullen, who's of course the rookie head coach there, I guess he declined a penalty, you know, to go, you know, which would have been, you know, fourth and two. He decided not to, you know, it was just, it was just a very strange, you know, play. You have to see it for for yourself, but because I, I was, I watched a little bit of that game live, and it was just a, it was a very odd uh, showing there. But uh, you know, again, look, I think Cleveland wanted to win this game for just, you know, the fact that especially since they should be two and zero because they let that that Chiefs game slip away. So, you know, again, you know, you just enough to win. It's fine. I'm not gonna, you know, harp on it too much for the Browns. I mean, they didn't, they didn't look ahead, so it's okay. It was the Los Angeles Rams going uh, going to the East Coast and picking up a 27 to 24 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Lakina, the Indianapolis Colts had seven chances. I was watching some of this game live via my computer. <laughs> they had like seven to eight chances to punch the ball at the goal line. They couldn't get it done. They actually took a brief lead in the fourth quarter after that Johnny Hacker um, Rams special teams mishap, um, fumbling the punt attempt. And the Colts mm-hmm. took the lead, but Carson Wentz went out with another entry to his ankle. Uh, the rookie quarterback Easton had to come in. It looks like Indianapolis started to, after struggling in the first half, the second half, they started to get it together offensively, but they just couldn't hold off the Los Angeles Rams. Jalen Ramsey used to be number 20, now number five. He made the inter- game saving interception late. The Rams defense held up, but it was uh, Darrell Henderson, which uh, got the Rams offense off the ground. He had 13 carries for 53 yards in a score. It wasn't the yards. I know people want to look at it and say, sorry, well, he only had 53 yards, but he was affected throughout the whole game. And shout out to Cooper Cup again with another 100 yard receiving game in a score. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, Henderson, you know, did enough to keep the drive moving and kept Wentz and the Colts off the field. That's what mm-hmm. you want. Exactly. And, and, and look, I mean, the you know, defense, they did just enough. I mean, you know, Ramsey had that, you know, game clinching interception and, and look, I think you know the Rams. You know, they kind of let that game kind of catch up a little bit. They kind of you know let the Colts catch up, but you know, you know, Wentz got banged up, and they couldn't. You know, they really couldn't master up. You know, a drive together with with Easton on the field. So you know, the Rams started. This is a, the fourth straight year that the Rams are starting. You know, two and zero, and before that stretch, you know, they were only like. They hadn't been hadn't started two and zero. You know, in their season since oh one. So a nice. Nice showing for them. And, and look, I think these are the type of games, you know, ugly games. You'll know, you get down to a wire. And like Henderson, I know he got a little bit banged up, but it looks like he's okay. So that's the important thing. You're going to need him healthy, especially since you, you know, you're, you're pretty thin on, on the backfield. So going forward, you're going to need to kind of like try to get him to be able to stay healthy and keep those drives going and be able to keep your offense on it. In the AFC East matchup in South Beach, Florida, it was the Buffalo Bills shutting out the Dolphins 35 to nothing. It was the Bills' largest win over the Miami Dolphins since 1966 in, in a shutout win in South Florida. Josh Allen for Buffalo had 179 yards passing and two scores. Devin Singletary, 13 carries, 82 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, four receptions, 60 yards and a touchdown. This uh, well, we figured that you know the Bills were gonna you know take it out on the Dolphins, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. especially after you know, that that loss to the Steelers. We'll get to them in a second because it looks like I know they're gonna be kicking themselves even more. Uh, but they look there. There was some time you know you know unfortunately Tua went out with an injury with bruised mm-hmm. ribs, so he might not play on Sunday. But look, they did just enough to win. You know the Bills did. I mean they just you know just hammered the Dolphins on the road from the word go you know the defense you know made sure that they weren't <laughs> that the Dolphins couldn't do anything even you know when Tua got out and Brissett had to come in 
you know, I think this is sort of the, you know, I think Bill's fans are saying, look, this is more like it. So, you know, a, a great showing by Buffalo. Another AFC East matchup took place in New Jersey. The New England Patriots defeated the New York Jets 25-6. to Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback from the New York Jets, had a terrible day with four interceptions, even though he passed for 210 yards. Damian Harris, the running back for the New England Patriots, had 60 carries for 62 yards, including the, the, the best touchdown run so far this season early in the game. Braxton Burials for the Jets had seven catches for 73 yards. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is like, I think, what, their ninth straight win over the Jets? Mm-hmm. Oh, 11, I should say, over the, their straight, 11 straight win over the Jets. That's the last time for the longest win streak versus a single opponent, you know, with joining Chiefs over the Broncos. That could change. And also, he goes over the Jets. So, <laughs> this is a, you know, look, Zach Wilson, look, you're going to have growing pains. I know Jets fans are already like freaking out and, you know, having buyer's remorse, but mm-hmm. I think he'll get better. I know he only had like three when he was at BYU last year. So, so, you know, probably not used to that. But look at the, you know, again, like I said, the Patriots have the Jets numbers. So, again, this is really, and Mac Jones is still, you know, didn't, you know, wasn't, okay, he didn't throw like three for two or three touchdowns, but he didn't make any mistakes. He was sacked three times. But, you know, I think this is what you, if you're Bill Belichick, that's why you picked him to be your starter to kind of not make any, you know, really bad mistakes. And one of the top two upsets of the day was the Las Vegas Raiders uh, getting by the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, 26-17. to 17. Derek Carr had 382 yards passing and two touchdowns. Najee Harris for Pittsburgh had 10 carries for 38 yards. Henry Ruggs III uh, led all receivers with 113 yards on five catches for the Raiders, and he had a touchdown. Lakina, the, the, I know most of the country uh, watched that game, uh, including us here in Chicago on CBS. Ben Roethlisberger, as I believe he's uh, on his last legs as a, a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he really got roughed up yesterday, including a couple of shots to the head. I'm surprised that uh, it was, was not a penalty thrown on either one of those shots. He really got roughed up yesterday. Deontay Johnson, their young wide receiver, he went out with an injury as well. It was just a rough day for the Steelers. And that 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 46 yard you know touchdown you know pass to Rugs. The Rugs the third you know, was actually mm-hmm. tied for the longest via air yards I should say for Carr and and look like I'm not gonna say that the the Raiders are gonna win the division but look I think they're they're showing you that at least for right now I mean they're you know they're actually been pretty good so we'll see how how the season goes but again you know so far so good for the Raiders. Yeah, they didn't let that Monday night football win get to their head and, and then travel to the East Coast. Uh, they overcame those obstacles and they got the job done. It was the Carolina Panthers 26, New Orleans Saints 7. Jameis Winston did not have a good game. I'm not going to say that this is going to be him for the rest of the year. As we told you guys, the first two weeks of the NFL season is overreaction. I'm not going to overreact to what happened with Jameis yesterday. Uh, it was not a good performance, but it was a whole lot more factors why the Saints lost that game. Sam Darnold. For the Panthers, 100, uh, uh, 305 yards passing, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 72 yards off, 24 carries and a score. DJ Moore had, had eight receptions for 79 yards and a score. The defense for the Panthers uh, stepped up, obviously, big time. Well, and also, too, like you said, to those circumstances, like half their coaching staff you know, had to stay mm-hmm. home because of you know COVID. There was a COVID outbreak among them. And... You know, yeah, you could kind of say that played a little bit of a part, but again, I think that was just another just a letdown after that dominating performance against Green Bay last Sunday. And the Panthers, look, the, the schedule sets up for them to perhaps maybe make a run. I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna say they're gonna go undefeated, but mm-hmm. you know, Darnold, it looks more comfortable on offense. He had an interception, but oh, okay, you know, you're gonna 
thoughts on that. And the defense, you know, again, you know, nothing. There's a, you're not like, you know, the defense from a few years ago. But, you know, they, they've got some players on there. So, and I, look, I think I think I need to see more. You know, they had a couple interceptions, like, oh, you know, coming one from J.C. Horn. I mean, I, I don't like I said. I don't know what to say about this Panthers team. Are they are they kind of like I'm not gonna say they're gonna be the team that beat in the NFC South. We'll get to their the defending champions in a second. But mm-hmm. I, I think for right now, look, they're they seem to be bad by whatever Matt Rule's selling. So as you mentioned, it's so far so good. It is working. In last of the noon games, Vic Vangio, uh, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, we we said coming to the season that hot seat could get hot for him in his third year at the helm. Well, this that hot seat is cooled off, at least for the moment. The Broncos are 2-0 after a 23-13 win on the road at Jacksonville. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 328 yards and two scores for the Broncos. Javante Williams ran the ball hard for Denver, 13 carries, 64 yards. Uh, Jerry Judy is out for the year for the Broncos in terms of the wide receivers. But Corlin Sutton stepped up in his place, nine receptions for 159 yards. Yeah, and also Gordon, too. We're probably going to see Gordon play a little wide receiver, too, I believe, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Jude being out for the year. And, look, their, their defense has been pretty solid, too, for Denver. And, and, and look, I, I you know, like I said, Josie Julie's out for the year for, for them. But, you know, it, it's just I, – I don't, you know, I, I think, like like you said, I think, you know, it got the heat off Vic Fangio for a little bit. But, you know, I think for the for the Broncos, I think you got to be feeling pretty good about your starts. I Like I said, I don't know – they they may they may challenge I don't know but again we'll get to another one of their mm-hmm. NFC AFC West um, brethren in a second but you know again that's for the Jaguars and when is Urban Meyer going to go to USC I think that's what SC fans want to know didn't <laughs> didn't have I mean didn't have a good showing from Lawrence you know he was a little bit better but still threw a couple of interceptions you know James Robinson you know, they, he was kind of held at bay you know I I, I there's really nothing you can say about the Jaguars they might end up winning one or two games this year I don't know. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Bears Victory Monday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we break down NFL Week 2 action from yesterday. Lakina, uh, before we get, get to our uh, uh, late games, if you want to comment on today's show, you can do so by uh, going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the air for you, let's go to the three o'clock games and perhaps the game of the day. Looking, I watched the majority of this game via my computer, and it was on Red Zone NFL Red Zone as well. It was the Arizona Cardinals 33 34, I should say, and the Vikings 33. Of course, Joseph, the uh, the rookie kicker for the Vikings, missed the last second field goal. Kyler Murray had four touchdowns total yesterday, three of them passing for 400 yards. Dalvin could have 22 carries and 131 yards rushing for the Vikings. Rondell Moore, the rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals, had seven catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Well, I'm just glad that Gus Johnson and Akeem Tlaib, they had a good game to follow. If you saw yes. some of, <laughs> you saw that those last few seconds, I think uh, Paul Allen, who's a, who's a longtime radio guy for the for the Vikings, he saw he thought that Joseph had made the kick, but his partner told him, like, uh, no, no, dude, he, he missed it. <laughs> you got to look at the audio. And also, too, uh, same thing with Gus and uh, Tlaib. I mean, <laughs> they were both going crazy. So Yeah, uh, Akeem was like, oh, oh, he missed it. He missed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's crazy. <laughs> That was a little bit, a little, a little crazy. That was just a crazy game from the from the word go. I mean, yes. And you know, the the Vikings even go all the way back to you know 
those days when they've had they've had kicking. I don't know what was it with uh with the Vikings and their kicking issues. I mean, I, I don't get it. But you know, again, this was probably this was a slugfest. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people thought it would be, but this mm-hmm. was probably one. Like I said, one of the games of the day yesterday. And look, it was thrilling. And you thought that maybe the Vikings were going to pull it out, but then you know, Kyler Murray says, uh uh uh, you know. You know, he's showing you why he's you know one of the top quarterbacks. You know, Ronda Moore had a really good showing on the receiving side. And it look they didn't unfortunately, you know, I think Chandler Throws was kicking himself after the game. He saw he said on Twitter, like, like I, I tried to get to him, I tried. So, you know, the old line for the Vikings did a really nice job. But again, you know, just a you know, a tough loss for the Vikings, but a, a big one for the Cardinals. So this were, these were the type of games they were losing last year. So the fact that they were able to pull this out could show should show them a little bit of more confidence as the season goes. I know in small segments of the country got a chance to watch that game. If you didn't watch it on Red Zone, if you don't get NFL Network slash NFL Red Zone, hopefully NFL, I'm sure the NFL Network will replay that game uh, yeah, at the court yeah. sometime during this week. Yeah, yeah. We play some games Tuesday through Thursday, so hopefully they'll replay the game. Replay the game for those of you that missed it yesterday. Like you said, look, I was very entertained from start to finish. And so Arizona picks up the one point victory at, on their home turf let's get to the defending champion buck tampa bay buccaneers they defeated the atlanta falcons 48 to 25 as i said on friday lakina even though i picked tampa bay to win atlanta would play better but they had a couple of plays that went against them that was a big difference uh for the buccaneers matt ryan for atlanta had 300 yards passing and two touchdowns according to interception that was returned for a pick six uh, Leonard Fournette for tampa bay had 11 carries for 52 yards mike evans finally decides to show up Five catches for 75 yards and two scores. Rob Gronkowski, the tight end uh, for uh, Tampa Bay, he also had two touchdowns as well. Yeah, this is actually the they're the first team in NFL history to score at least 30 points and win in nine straight games. That's including the playoffs, breaking the record, the previous record as you know for you know Tom Brady. We were there for one of those records, you know, for the Patriots in 2010 and 2011, but. Look, then what more can you say about the Bucks? I mean, I don't look. I I don't want to hear about oh they're gonna go undefeated. You know, let's not you know, let's not start that. But because <laughs> you, you know they're gonna start that that talk. But you know, Atlanta. Okay, what were everyone saying about Atlanta being a sleeper in the NFC South, or maybe you know, I'll clinch one of the playoff spots in the NFC? I, I'm still. I don't know. I'm still looking. I mean, you know, Matt. You know, Matt Ryan. You know, three interceptions. You know, Mike Davis. You know, did couldn't really get you know, the running game going. Quarter of Patterson. Yes, he's over there now, folks. Only two. Only seven carries. Only eleven yards. You know, their defense. He did have a score though. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. But uh, he, but it was sort of like a garbage touchdown. And you know, the the defense. I know, like Bucks. The Bucks defense. You know, they they did just enough to kind of slow him down. And they scored like you know fifty points almost. And you know, I don't think you should be worried about the defense at this moment. But you know, look, unless someone, unless until somebody beats the Bucks, the Bucks are a team to beat. Uh, the second game of the CBS doubleheader yesterday featured the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers, as we call them on this show, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. The, Cow- the Cowboys got a uh, last-second field goal courtesy of Greg Zerline for the 2017 win. Justin Herbert for the Chargers had 338 yards passing, and including a touchdown. Tony Pollard stepped up for the Cowboys in the running department, 13 carries, 109 yards, and a score. Keenan Allen for the Chargers had four receptions for 108 yards. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Zerline saved Mike McCarthy from himself at the time management. You know, he wasn't there wasn't mm-hmm. really a lot of a lot of urgency there, but and there were also some bad calls on both sides. I think the Chargers had a couple of touchdowns pulled back because of penalties, and it, it was just I, I look. This is one of those games where it's a wash. I picked the Chargers. I think the Chargers got robbed. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying it. Uh, look, I think that. Look, I think look, Dak, Dak. Okay, yeah, Dak had an interception. It wasn't flashy, but mm-hmm. you know, Pollard, you know, helped you know keep the the you know drives going for them. And and, and look, and this is sort of unfortunately it's gonna be one of those games where you hope that it doesn't come back to bite them in the butt. I mean, the Chargers, but mm-hmm. okay, you're, okay, Cowboys, you're one and one. Okay, uh, like I said, I'm right there with the Bears too. Like you know, show me more. Hate, hate, hate. <laughs> uh, this uh, the, uh, another game going on at the same time was the Tennessee Titans upset the Seattle Seahawks, thirty-three to thirty, in the Pacific Northwest. Ryan Tannehill, my fantasy football quarterback, had three hundred forty-seven yards passing. Derrick Henry, as she uh, uh, said on Friday, Lakina, we need to see more from him. Thirty-five carries, one hundred eighty-two yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, that sounds like stud numbers to me. And Tyler Lockett from Seattle had. Eight receptions for 178 yards and a score. And it was actually Henry that helped, you know, get the Titans back in it. I think the mm-hmm. I think Wilson, you know, I think Wilson Wilson and the Seahawks offense took their foot off the gas. And and look, that's not an easy place to play, especially now that it's full over at Central mm-hmm. League Stadium in uh in Seattle. But the fact that the Titans were able to kind of you know pull it out, you know, they were able to you know catch up and you know, pull it out late. I mean, that that's very impressive. And look, you know, Julio Jones is they're finally giving them the ball now. You know, didn't score a touchdown, but you know, kept those drives, you know, that got Tennessee to get back into the game. So, you know, this is you know, for Seattle, I mean, this is sort of one of those games where you're gonna be you hope that this this is the type of loss doesn't come back to bite you because you know the Seattle should have won this game, but it's good good for the Titans. And finally, in Sunday Night Football action, it was the Baltimore Ravens over the Kansas City Chiefs, 36-35. to After two early turnovers, Lamar Jackson led his Baltimore Ravens back. Lamar Jackson in the rushing department had 16 carries for 107 yards and two touchdown runs. Marquise Brown for Baltimore had six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes on the flip side for KC had 343 yards and three touchdown passes. Well, and also, too, I mean, you know, Tyron Matthew had two um, interceptions, early interceptions, including a pick mm-hmm. six. And, look, that the fact that it was back and forth and the fact that they were able to, you know, the, the Ravens were sort of – a win like this, despite everything, what they've gone through with injuries, you know, they're playing a lot of second-string guys. Lamar Jackson went for 107 yards, including that game-winning touchdown that sealed it. And if you saw, um, you know, the gift, you know, during that, that last drive – you know, of course, it's sort of like the mouth, you know, reading, you know, John Harbaugh's lips heard seen around the world. There <laughs> been a few, I think, about like over three million times. And when you, you read his lips, he said, look, Lamar, Lamar, do you want to go for this? He's in, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, they didn't show Lamar, but, you know, Jackson said yes. And he said, let's do it. And, you know, the, these are the type of wins that could be a good stretch for them. This could probably lead to something because, look, Murray's has some really solid runs. You know, Freeman has some solid runs. Mm-hmm. Once you get them acclimated, you know, you got to also two tights on wins as well. You know, this is sort of like a thing that can kind of, you know, get something going. So we'll see. And, and look, if you're the Chiefs, you're sort of like, why did you give it to your, your MVP? Why did you give it to <laughs> Mahomes? So this is this was actually a really surprisingly good game. I think people were surprised by that score. 
Yeah, a couple of times I wanted to cut it off, but it was a nonstop action scoring back and forth. So I left it on. I was very entertained by it. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sailor Kenny here with you as we wrap up our football power hour. We do this every Monday, first hour of the show during the football season. Lakina, since we have a couple of minutes left, let's get into our studs and duds from week two before we give you a quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football action. Let's start with you, your three studs. Ooh, my three studs. The Ravens, you know, a very that that gutsy call. I know people don't want to give you know Harbaugh a lot of credit for that, but look, I think you know, I think he realized that if they didn't make it, I think you know the Chiefs would have won it. So I would say a very gutsy call there. I'll say the, also the Arizona uh, Vikings game, just a game itself because it's actually a pretty entertaining game, which a lot of people yes. thought, including us, you know, ourselves, thought this was going to be a blowout. Also mm-hmm. Tennessee. And Derrick Henry, especially, I mean, you know, 178 yards, three touchdowns that got the Titans back in it. And the fact that they were able to pull that out in Seattle, where we you rarely see a lot of teams, you know, win. That's impressive. So those are my three mm-hmm. studs. Mine's are Henry Ruggs from the Las Vegas Raiders with a big touchdown. Kyler Murray, four touchdowns total, including three passing. And I will give my third stud two. Let's see drum roll please it will be mr derrick henry okay all right what are your duds duds oh actually a bonus stud before i get to my duds, a bonus stud uh arizona cardinals head coach cleef kingsbury they had two timeouts remaining before minnesota where minnesota was going for the game winner i was yelling at my laptop call timeout call timeout to freeze the kicker Cliff Kingsbury was is a way smarter man than me. He didn't do it. Uh, Joseph, the kicker for the Vikings, missed the kick. There goes the result. So Cliff Kingsbury gets a bonus stud from me. Cool. All right. Now, what are your duds? Uh, does Robert Quinn from the Bears with a stupid penalty? <laughs> uh, so that's self-explanatory enough. Uh, the New York Football Giants from Thursday, they actually were in the control of that game, but uh, your defense stinks, and I – uh no so that will get my second dud and of course my third dud will be the jacksonville jaguars uh i thought they would have a, a better start to the season i didn't think they would go two and all like some people uh have predicted including colin cowherd but uh, neither <laughs> neither here or there so those those will be my three duds uh going to that game demarcus lawrence for me in that giants game you went off sides that you know, gave Washington Mulligan, and they were able to pull that out. And you know, it doesn't have to be able to you know, nail that game-winning field goal. So you know, that's a a dud for me. Uh, what's another dud? Uh, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, and, I, and, I, and it's painful to say because I've I, I lobby for this team, but I'm going to say the Colts just couldn't get any, just couldn't get anything going those last couple of plays, and the the Rams defense, you know, showed up when they had to, and. You know, unfortunately, they're all in two now, and I think there's. I don't think. I don't think there should be cause for concern right now in Indy, but I think there should be a little bit, you know, anxious that's going on there. And also, too, my number one dud is the taunting penalty. It's asinine. It's stupid. They need to get rid of it, and it's it wasn't necessary. This is the NFL trying to police themselves. I heard what you know, Mr. Mara said. The Giants owner, well, your team's to zero and two now, so you you say. You stay in your place, dude. And you know, it's just a just a it was just a stupid rule all around. So you know that those are my three duds. All right. Uh, since we have less than a, a minute left in this segment, let's preview tonight's game quickly between the Green Bay Packers 
And the Detroit Lions, that's the Monday Night Football game tonight on ESPN at 7 o'clock Chicago time. The game will take will be taking place from Lambeau Field. We all pit Detroit on Friday. Oh, no, ooh, sorry. Whoa, uh, run that back. We all pit Green Bay. We all pit Green Bay. <laughs> sorry, that's why I was we have a senior right as you turn in quarter quarter 30. But <laughs> we all pit Green Bay, Lakino, on Friday. I'll give my quick keys uh, for Green Bay. Run the football with Aaron Jones. And let's say Robert tell you their tight end will be used more, especially in play action situations. Those are my two quick keys for the Packers to pull out the win tonight. Well, I think we're going to see. I don't, it's, I don't think it's going to be a blowout because I think the Troy's going to look. These are divisional games, and the Troy's going to mm-hmm. be right there. But I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you know, you're people are already questioning your toughness and your commitment. So we might see him have a really good game tonight. And I, I think this is sort of what's needed, you know, especially since, you know, people are actually questioning his you know, commitment. Also, others, you know, other players, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, he doesn't have a contract. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I think. This is going to be probably one of those things where I think, you know, if you want the Lambo fans not to boo you, I think we're going to see it tonight. I think they're going to they're, – it's going to be a really good game like it usually is between these two because these are division, old division rivals. But I, I think the, the Packers will pull it out. It will be close, but I think they will end up doing it. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago continues with our good friend Lamont Pote. The White Sox beat writer from the Chicago Tribune. He'll hop on with us live from Detroit as the White Sox will take on the Tigers in a three-game set starting tonight. The matching number is down to four for our Southsiders to clinch the AL Central Division title, and we'll have a whole lot more. You're listening to Sega City Sports. I'm Sid, along with Lakina on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shut out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11-17, of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9-19 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically. Dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. (laughs) 
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Scroll McGee on the IG. You can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. And you can download that Sports Zone Chicago app at the Apple iTunes Store or at Google Play. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You can watch our, any of our live shows, or if you missed it, you can catch up on any of our past shows that aired from previous days. You can listen to the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports at War. On Anchor, we're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R, on Anchor. And you can follow War Mia on all social media platforms, as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we're going to have some fun as we transition over to talking baseball, in particular the Chicago White Sox. We're going to invite on a friend of the show. He's actually live from Detroit. I'm jealous of him because uh, at least uh, tomorrow or maybe Wednesday, the, uh, our Southsiders uh, have the potential to clinch the American League Central Division title. The magic number is at four. He's a good buddy from the Chicago Tribune. He covers the White Sox for that great publication. It's Mr. Lamont Pope. Lamont, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. How are you too? Good. We're doing fine. Doing fine. Lamont, the, the the Texas Rangers gave a little bit of a scare on Saturday night, uh, defeating the White Sox, uh, preventing the White Sox from sweeping their series. But on the flip side, the Cleveland Indians did not help out the White Sox. They took two or three from the Yankees. So the magic number is at four. I wanted to give your quick synopsis of, of the weekend series for the White Sox, taking two out of three in Texas and Globe Life uh, ballpark. Uh, the defense was kind of shaky on Saturday, but offensively, when they had to, they stepped up and stepped up big. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I take away one of my biggest takeaways is the pitching. Uh, first on Friday night, what Dylan Cease was able to do uh, five strong innings, striking out 10. And then yesterday, uh, Lucas Giolito continuing to make strides back from you know his second outing, coming back from the IL, and he looked very sharp in his. Uh, in his five and a third inning as well. And so so I like the, the way that the pitching is sort of starting to get a little bit more in rotation, get everything a little bit more set on up as they go forward. Even even Lance Lynn uh, in, in his outing on Saturday, he was he looked pretty sharp as well. And so getting Lance Lynn healthy, getting Lucas Giolito healthy, we'll see Carlos uh, Rodon here tonight, um, getting those three guys because those, are, those three guys, and plus Dylan, uh, those, those are the four big guys that you're going to need to have some success here in the postseason. Where does Ke- Dallas Keiko fit in this? Because, you know, of course, he's starting tomorrow well, against the Tigers. You know, he has his last couple hours have been pretty good, even though the Sox didn't help him out in one of those starts. What do you think the chances are that this is sort of like a make or break if Keiko could be a part of that playoff rotation? Yeah, Dallas has been really honest about everything. He knows that he hasn't pitched up to his standards for the most part during the season. And he knows that it's a situation, a numbers game. It's a number situation where he might be that odd man out if you take a look at the way the rotation is setting on up, particularly the way that Dylan has pitched here, pitched in August, and the way that he's pitched for the most part. He had the rough outing there against the Boston Red Sox, but mm-hmm. then he was able to bounce on back there on Friday, like I said. Uh, so that might leave Dallas as the odd man out. And you take a look at, you know, usually during that uh, first uh, ALDS series, it's you, you can you can go maybe three if, if you need a fourth I think Dylan would be that fourth 
Uh, you don't need five for that series. Um, and then if you get into the ALCS, again, it's a situation where you, you might go with that shortened rotation. You know, the bullpens are generally the, the, situ the people that make such a break, make or break in that sort of situation. Um, so it's a situation where, like, you know, what can what can Dallas bring to the table for the team if he, if he goes to the bullpen? You know, you already have someone like a, a Ronaldo Lopez, the way that he's pitched, and, he, and he's shown himself as both a starter and as a reliever uh, to be capable of doing both. So if you need to put Ronaldo back into that pen for, for the postseason as a long uh, reliever, you have that spot already set on up, and you already have a couple of left-handed arms already in that bullpen in Aaron Bummer and uh, Garrett Crochet. And so, you know, get, uh, Dallas obviously has a ton of experience. He has a ton of wealth he, as far as no, knowledge, and he, he's been there. He's done that. He's won a World Series championship. You, you brought a Dallas Keiko onto this team to help you get to that next level. And so, you know, these next couple of starts will be an opportunity for him again. Like like you mentioned, you know, the last couple of starts, he's, he's shown some improvement. Let's see if he can continue that along here tomorrow night in, in Detroit. Lamont Pope, the Chicago Tribune, uh, uh, he covers the White Sox for the great publication. Joining us here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Say Lakina here with you. Lamont, you brought up Dylan Cease. My opinion on this show has been uh, he will be my number three starter in the uh, American League Division Series. I was at the game a, a week or so ago against Boston where he didn't have it. I know some Sox fans um, uh, went to town on him in terms of uh, he's overrated and this and that. And I told people like uh, it, uh, it was just a bad start. Let's see how he does in his next start. Friday night you were there. He was tremendous with uh, ten plus strikeouts through uh to through six innings, I believe. Talk about Dylan Seas. Do you think he can keep this up, um, heading down towards the home stretch of the regular season? Yeah, he seems to be very strong, and this is the this is the Dylan Seas that everyone thought they were getting when they made the trade along with Eloy mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Quintana. And so it's a situation where you know he's showing that growth. He's showing that situation where you know the the, the big thing with Dylan is we've always known that he's had these tools, he's had the skills uh, to be able to get the job done. But it was just putting everything all together, and you really saw him do that in August. Uh, you know he was very efficient. Uh, you know he, he's off, oftentimes at, when we talk to him after a game, he talks about being efficient. You know pounding the strike zone, making sure, utilizing all of his pitches and, and making sure that he's not wasting a pitch. Um, and you and you saw that again there last night, you know, or uh, Friday night in in, in Texas. You know, there, there were some times early on in that game, he, he mentioned he, the first couple of innings were a little bit of a struggle for him, but then he was able to turn it on. And when, once he turned it on, it was lights out for the Rangers. Now, how about Eloy? Are we going to be seeing some of Eloy more in the outfield? You know, he had that great catch <laughs> last weekend. Even though he had, he landed the same way, thankfully he didn't get hurt this time. So are we going to see a little more of Eloy, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the season? And we'll see maybe see more of that during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously he's made uh, no bones about it that he prefers to be out in the outfield. He's more comfortable right. doing both. You know, it doesn't need to hit. But he's also mentioned, you know, he's like, you know what, I don't like to be a DH, but I'm do, here and ready to do whatever I need to do for the team. Um, and it's a situation where he's still kind of working his way on back. You know, he got off to such a nice start uh, after returning from the injury that, that knocked him out for nearly four months. Uh, but then he's, he's been a little bit of a slump here recently, but we know the potential that Eloy has, he has pulled a pull power. Uh, he has any, when he's, when he's on, he's taking that ball the other way. And and that's one thing that he's going to have to get back to go thinking right field, thinking right center field, take that approach, not try to do too much, not to try to pull too much because when you're pulling, you're going to get the ball on the ground. And that's, that he's hitting a lot of ground balls recently. He was really uh, upset with himself 
Saturday night with that old fur, the White Sox gave him a rest on Sunday, kind of clear his head and so he can get back into it because, you know, yeah, Eloy is going to be such a vital part, you know, either hitting fourth or fifth in this White Sox lineup. Speaking of their White Sox offense, Lamont, uh, they've been doing it all year long with the guys in and out of the lineup. This is the first time we've seen uh, the main core uh, all healthy. I want to talk about uh, a rookie that is not in the lineup yet, and that's Andrew Vaughn. He's had his moments throughout the season. I know he's currently injured with a bad wrist. When do we expect to see him uh, back in the Sox uniform in the lineup? Yeah, yeah he's, he, uh, he, he's, he's dealing with a little bit of a back issue. Was, it, it, his legs were a little bit tired in the Oakland series, and then it kind of crept on up into the back uh, area. And so, so they put him on the IL. Um, you know, it, you know, it sounds like he's progressing pretty well. Um, it, it sounded like it was going to be one of those shorter stints. It's not going to be one of those situations mm-hmm. where you get to the tenth day and then it, and then it kind of expanded, so, sort of like what you had with Tim, where it was like a sort of day by day basis. It seems like, from the sound of it, it's going to be one of those situations where when he gets to that tenth day, he'll be ready to come on back and contribute once again for this ball club. But it's a situation as well, you know. Having going through that one that full 162 for the first time as a rookie, you're going to have some ups, you're going to have some downs, uh, you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows. He's been such a key contributor offensively and defensively. Like I mean, here's someone who's a natural first baseman, but he if you would have told me mm-hmm. that that he played left field his whole life, I would have said yeah because of the way that he's he's been able to play it this season. And so he's been a key contributor, especially when Eli was down defensively and offensively. And so once they get him back on end, he's going to be a key key contributor here down the stretch and in the postseason as well. Who do you think is sort of like, you know, among like the, the, the offensive guys, who's going to be kind of like the odd man out? Because there was a lot of depth there, as you said. So could it be Goodman? Could, you know, that that that's sort of like a kind of a thing where like the, the rosters, you know, has expanded, but you know, there's still going to be some guys that are probably going to be left out in the playoff roster. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting just to see how that all unfolds. I mean, it's a situation where, you know, pretty soon we're going to get uh, um, Adam Engel back into the mix, right? He's he's down in Charlotte uh, rehabbing. And so, you know, it could be this series, it could be the next series that he comes back on up and helps the Sox. Um, and, and so that's another outfielder that's going to create some more depth, and that's going to be another make for another decision like you're talking about. So so it's going to be either you know Gavin Sheets, you know, obviously hit the power that he provides from the left-handed side of the of, of the box is is very important for this team, and that's something that other than like a Yasmani Grandal or a, or Yohan Mancata, Mancata, they don't really have that. That's something that the team needs, and so that's something that Gavin can provide. Uh, Billy Hamilton, you know, he's he's such a late inning contributor with his speed. Uh, he's a, he's a difference maker, and in the postseason, when you are in a situation where it's going to be a one or two run game, that extra run can mean all the world. I mean, all the difference in the world, and the, his ability to, uh, you know, come on in as a pinch runner still a base or, or take that extra base. We saw that just, uh, just yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. He, he came in and mm-hmm. went from first to home on, on that hit there. And so that's, that's what he brings to that mix. Uh, Brian Deadwood, I mean, he has, he's had so many big hits, the, the walk-off home run um, there, you know, it, it, the big extra inning home run against the Cubs as well. And so, so he's been someone that they've been able to plug on in and, and has made some big contributions across the board as well. Um, it, you know, and obviously, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to make room for, uh, Larry Garcia, because you know he, he's just been able, he's just been able to do everything, right? Uh, you know, if, uh, and, and when you get to the postseason, it's like, you know, can where, where are you going to play him? I mean, he's been one of their key RBI guys. It just seems like whenever, you know, recent, particularly more recently, you know, whenever you, you need a big hit, Larry's been doing. He, he does the big things and he does the little things as well. In yesterday's game, you know, getting that bunt down to kind of start that rally as well, and so. A lot of a lot of really tough decisions for Tony to be Tony to make as far as you know who's going to be that person that's 
person or two from the outfield that's not going to be able to, in that mix there for that for, for at least the ALDS. Let's talk about Tim Anderson. Of course, uh, the popular narrative coming into the year was that Tim Anderson is not the may not be the best player on the White Sox, but uh, he represents the franchise with his attitude and his wag, as the kids would say, uh, with his presence both on and off the field. But we uh, we've noticed uh, watching the games this year that whenever he's not in the lineup, uh, the White Sox offense suffers. Talk about Tim Anderson's uh, bat uh, in the lineup when he's in there. Yeah, I mean, he is the igniter, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he does everything that you want someone to do at the top of that lineup. He gets the offense going. Um, you know, a couple of the games that kind of stand on out to me were the, one was obviously the the uh, Field of Dreams game, you know, getting the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the walk-off home run in that situation. But beyond that, you know, the, the game against the Tampa Bay Rays recently in Tampa, the Friday night game, uh, you know, he gets the game-tying home run in the ninth and then gets the go-ahead hit there in the 11th inning. Uh, then he doesn't play on Saturday and Sunday, and they lose those two games. The Saturday game, the Sunday game mm-hmm. was one of the worst games that they played all season long. And so that, that's a little bit of the difference with the White Sox, with Tim and without Tim. Another another really good example that I thought of was uh, a game against the Cubs. You know, the, the Dallas struggled early. They gave up six runs in that first inning, fell behind. Uh, the bottom of the first inning, Tim Anderson comes on up, gets a double, to, and then he eventually scores. They only got one run in that first inning, but mm-hmm. the fact that Tim got the sort of got the ball rolling, they were able to rally on back and win that game 17-13. to 13. And so those are the type of things that Tim Anderson sort of provides that offense. He's just sort of like, gets the offense going, gets everything going. He's he's really been one of the more valuable players for this team all season long. And so it's crucial. And I think that's part of the reason why they, they made sure to just take their time with the hamstring. They want to make sure that when he gets back, now that he is back, they want to make sure that he stays back. And so, you know, it's been a situation where the, he's been on a day, he's been off a day. Uh, there's been a couple of times, he's, I think he has, he's had one situation so far where he, he's played the back-to-back because he wanted to get back in that little bit more of a rhythm, particularly on the defensive side of things. And so it'll be interesting just to see when he can kind of get back and going and, and playing on a day-to-day basis so they can have him ready to go and roll in here in October. Yeah, we got a couple of weeks left in the regular season. Which team do you think should, you know, do you want the White Sox to avoid? Do you want them to try to avoid the Rays or the, the Astros or whoever in the AL East, you know, comes out of that, like, you know, Toronto and Boston? Yeah, I mean, obviously Toronto's been the, the hottest team, uh, right, as of late. But, but yeah, this, this American League is so wide open. There's not a clear-cut team that would be like, man, you know, this the Sox really don't match up well with X or match up well with Y. You know, obviously the, the Houston series – in Houston, they got swept, but then they were able to take two out of three against the Astros in the first uh, series after the All-Star break. Uh, playing against the Rays, they, they had uh, the three-game series that guaranteed Ray Field was very entertaining. The White Sox won uh, two out of three there, but then they lost two out of three uh, down in St. Pete. And so, uh, so, that, so you know, the Yankees, obviously, when they were rolling, um, you know, the, the Sox caught them at, you know, they, they got the home run as we talked about at the field of dreams game to win that one but then they came on back to chicago and that's when the yankees just started rolling they've gone back into a little bit of a funk you know they can't beat the baltimore orioles <laughs> uh, but, but you know it's a situation where where you know if, you know if they're able to get on in but yeah tampa obviously toronto as well um you know they, that that offense that lineup is so stacked uh guerrero simeon just so many talented players for for the uh blue jays lineup and then obviously uh robbie robbie ray is you know, it's either going to be robbie ray or lance lynn or um 
Garrett Cole, those are the three front runners for the AL Cy Young Award. And so, so when you're facing someone like a, like a Robbie Ray, who's just been lights out here, um, mm-hmm. you know that that's always a tough thing to go by. But like, like I said, I don't really I don't really see their one clear cut team that that the White Sox, you know want to avoid from that standpoint because I think that the, the matchups are going to come on down to I, I kind of have to you know that if it's Tampa obviously Tampa has been so good so consistent all year long uh but you know I, I kind of throw a little bit of that series that the Sox played down in St. Pete out of out of you know, out of the way because you played two of those games without Tim Anderson and so <laughs> so you know it's a situation where I want to see how the Sox at full strength kind of line up against some of these better teams at full strength as well and that's what we're going to get the chance to see here in October. Hand down the home stretch with Lamont Pope, Chicago Tribune. He covers the White Sox with a great publication right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. City and Lakina here with you. Lamont, I want to talk about Jose Abreu. When he first made his debut in the Sox uniform in 2014, he was expected to lead the Sox into the new era that we're in right now. He's put up great numbers throughout his uh, great career with the White Sox. Uh, I said this uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, uh, th- with the better players around him, he doesn't have to do as much. But looking at his statistics again, uh, minus his batting average, he's going for his third straight RBI title. Uh, no one saw this coming. I know I didn't. I mean, he is just, you know, if guys are on, he's going to knock them in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just yeah. sort of been the way that things have been. And I think it's made a big difference once, uh, you know, Eloy came on back as well. It just sort of gave mm-hmm. him that added pr- protection uh, right behind him in the batting order. And, and also now with Yasmani back as well, it's lengthened that lineup. And, and, and it's exactly like you said, I, I think there, there was a period uh, earlier in the season when some of those guys were out that he was trying to do a little too much, kind of, you know, kind of expanding his zone. And that was leading to some of those, uh, you know, the batting average being a little bit lower than, than what you're kind of used to with, with someone like Jose, but with, uh, with Eloy back in the mix, with Gasmani back in the mix, uh, it's a bit been a situation where Jose's getting, you know, he doesn't feel like he has to, to do as much. He can just sort of settle in and just be the Jose Abreu that he's been throughout his entire year career and that's just been consistent RBI guy in, year in and year out driving in those runs and, and getting the big hits when the Sox definitely need them. Last question for me, Lamont, who is going to be like kind of like the key guy for the White Sox to advance far in the playoffs? It always comes down to bullpens, right? And, and so it's a situation where you, you, you add a Ryan DePera, you add a Craig Kimbrell, um, to the mix, and you, you know, particularly someone like 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 Kimbrel, you know, that that was the biggest off uh, deadline move that the Sox were able to make. It, was, it came as a surprise to a lot of people. You obviously you add in Ryan DePera, you know, you think all right, well, you get, you got another kind of seventh or eighth inning arm to, to help you on out and bridge it to Liam Hendricks, uh, but. Then you go out in, in that final day, you know, you, you add in like Craig Kimball, you give up a whole lot in Nick Madrigal and in Cody Hoyer, two really talented young players, but you get a veteran who knows how to close out games. And he's had some ups and he's had some downs since here being here with the White Sox, uh, trying to get adapted to that eighth inning role for the most part. And so I think it's going to be kind of crucial, uh, you know, again, because I, you know, I can't, you know, we, we, we stress it all a lot, all the time. Bullpens are so essential to they're so make, make or break when it comes to these postseason games. And so you're going to really need to be you're really going to need to have Craig on the top of his game and Liam on the top of his game as well uh, to be able to bridge and, and close out those games in crucial situations. Last question from me, Lamont. Of course, the White Sox are going to win the AL Central Division title within the next few days or so, perhaps tomorrow, hopefully Wednesday. But even the I know this is a premature question, but I'll ask it anyway, even though the playoffs haven't started yet. What a grade would you uh, give 
um, first year, now I want to say first year manager. Well, he's back with the team, but what great would you give Mr. Tony LaRusso for how he's handled this team all year long uh, with everything that's uh, gone through on and off the field? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, obviously, the injuries have been, you know, you know, if you would have told me back in March that the White Sox would have lost uh, Eloy and Luis for a, for a huge portion of the season, I would have said, how many games are the Twins winning by, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so the fact that they've been able to navigate through all these injuries, you know, even, even when you lose a Nick Madrigal before the trade or, or uh, you lose a Yasmani Grandal, they've been able to plug different players on into this uh, situation in, in, in the lineup and, and everybody's been able to produce from that standpoint. Um, you know, obviously there's been some bumps along the, the way. You know, we've talked before about the uh, Yermin Mercedes situation. You know, the, obviously the uh, situation in Cincinnati, we didn't know uh, the extra inning rule with, with pitch running for Liam. Uh, but so I, I don't want to uh, uh, avoid giving you an answer, because, but, I, mm-hmm. but you, you, you hire a Tony La Russa, for the postseason, right? You, yeah. you, 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 make a, you make a decision to, to add a Hall of Famer, a guy who has three World Series championship rings for the postseason. And so my grade right now is incomplete because the fact that the fact of the matter is everything is all, you know, the, if, if I'm the teacher, <laughs> it's all going to come down to the final yeah. exam. <laughs> and so so yeah. how, he, how he fares in that final exam is going to be, you know, is where you're going to be able to ultimately kind of have that grade. But, you know, like, like I said, the, the fact that they've been able to navigate through all these injuries, uh, that's a positive for him in, in, in the way that he's been able to utilize. And, you know, obviously the, the, the pitching, you know, the pitching staff has been phenomenal uh, starting pitching for, for the most part this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's an incomplete until he's able to figure out and out and we see how the playoffs unfold. All right, that was definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, that was Lamont Pope, um, Chicago Tribune. He goes to White Sox with a great publication. You can follow him on Twitter at Lamont Pope. Once again, at Lamont Pope. Lamont, I know you're there in Detroit. You got to head on out there to Comerica Park. Assuming that the White Sox can clinch there tomorrow or perhaps Wednesday. Do you have your uh, champagne goggles ready? (laughs) Your raincoat before good folks let you in? You know, yeah, you know, I, I'm. I, that's part of the the problem with the Zoom world right now, right? You know, the fact mm-hmm. that you know that's that's something that we're gonna have to miss out on. And so I do have an extra jacket. I've 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 had to do that in the past, uh, but <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, you know, we're gonna be in the Zoom room, and so so we're not gonna be able to to be on down there to to avoid the champagne. <laughs> yeah, if you can sneak in there, grab us an extra champagne bottle too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, goodness gracious. All right. At Lamont Pope on the Twitter. And you can read his stuff, of course, on the Chicago Tribune. All right, Lamont, be careful. You'll stay dry if they do clinch while they're on the road. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, as always. Had a great time. Thanks, Lamont. Take care. Thanks, Lamont. Stay safe and dry. All right, that's Lamont Pope here on you know, Second City Sports. You can, like I said, you can read his stuff on the Chicago Tribune, okay? So we got a few more minutes before we go to break. Let's talk about the rest of the, the stuff that's going on in the MLB. What caught your eye this weekend? Uh, congratulations to the Milwaukee Brewers for clinching a playoff spot on Saturday. I know they were, that game was on uh, national television for part of the country to see uh, as uh, they faced the Chicago Cubs, taking two out of three from them. So as I said before, Milwaukee and San Francisco has something to play for. Whoever wins home field advantage uh, in the NL playoffs will perhaps go to the World Series. I know uh, before people yelling at me, well, the Dodgers are in it too. Yes, that's true, but they're going to have to beat up on their NL West 
NL West opponents between now and the end of the, end of the season. So uh, San Francisco um, and the Dodgers were still battling out for the NL West. So congratulations to the Brewers for clinching the NL Central. Not the NL Central tight end, a playoff spot as well. So they'll clinch the division in the next couple of days or so. So, so congratulations to the Brewers. They're officially in the playoffs. Uh, looking at what happened in the last couple of days, of course, Oakland taking care of Anaheim. Uh, the Mets finally got a win last night, maybe too little too late over Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you know me, Lakina, I like Joe Girardi, local guy. But the, that Philadelphia bullpen and their inconsistent offense, if they don't make the playoffs, they'll be their um, doom and gloom. And so I, 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 I we'll see Philadelphia. They're kind of iffy. They're up and down. And of course, the St. Louis Cardinals. They take care of the Padres in their backyard this weekend. Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis get into a friendly shouting match. And I know uh, the the Padres manager tried to downplay it uh, at, uh, on Saturday following the loss. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this rumor, Lakina, but quickly, Bruce Bochy, who retired from managing a couple of years ago from the San Francisco Giants, he may be rumored to come back to manage the Padres. If the Padres miss out on the playoffs this year, they're still in the NL wildcard race. But if the Padres miss out on the playoffs altogether this year, uh, it may be a good idea to bring Mr. Bochy back. Yeah, I think that's probably they're gonna need someone who is experienced. You know, he's got three World Series, someone that can kind of rein in those a lot of those young guys. I mean, I saw the little, I saw the little tip between Tatis and Machado, and and look, I think if they were in a better position, if they were with in the position where the Giants are leading the division, they probably it probably wouldn't be happening. But since you know they've yeah. underachieved this year, you know now we're seeing you know that you know that little tit there and that little tit for Tad here. But, uh, and, you know, as far as, like I said, you know, congrats to the Brewers. I think it's going to go down to why with the Braves and the Phillies, you know, for the mm-hmm. NL East. If they do play each other in, later next week, you know, again, we'll, we'll discuss more, more mm-hmm. on that, you know, when that when the time comes. I think the, Bra- the Braves have, I believe, the Diamondbacks, you know, starting tonight. And I think the Phillies <laughs> have the Orioles starting tonight as well. So that, you know. Again, don't take those two teams live before, you know, you guys play each other. And, look, the Dodgers and the Giants, they don't play each other again this year. So it's going to all going to depend on, you know, you know, which team will screw up. And the Giants have the have the, uh, the Padres, speaking of the information Padres, tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Dodgers have a little bit of an easier schedule. So we'll see. I think it's gonna, all going to come down to, you know, who, who wants it more. And as far as the AL East, you know, still, you know, the Rays, I think the Magic number is like, Five, I believe, with the Rays because they still you still got the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Yeah, they lost two out of three to Detroit this weekend. Yeah, so you know that's you know that kind of you know, gets them back in it, but there's a log jam there. It looks like maybe the Yankees. I think maybe you know you may have to say bye bye to Aaron Boone. I mean, they lost to the in you know the Indians, the aforementioned Indians. So yeah, it, it's just I I don't really I really don't know. I mean, look, it's kind of going down to wire with some of these wild card races. Yeah, and like I said, Boston took care of um took care of their opponent over the weekend. I'm trying to look it up real quick. They took care of Baltimore in Fenway this uh, this weekend. So you mentioned the AL wild card race in the AL East race. Like I said, Tampa will probably end up winning that, but the AL wild card race, uh, Seattle eventually may have to say goodbye to them, even though they hung in there all year long. Oakland still trying to hang on. So it's going to come down to the final weekend of the season. And it's going to really impact the, the Chicago White Sox. As we said on our last couple of shows, Lakina, the White Sox have an outside shot of getting the number one seed, but uh, the, realistically, they can get the number two seed from the Houston Astros. And I think they can do it as well. Hopefully, uh, the White Sox can sweep away the Tigers, uh, get this division 
clinched and out the way. I know Cleveland has a doubleheader today, doubleheader today against the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Hopefully the Royals can show up as sweet, sweet the end is for us Sox fans. And we win our game tonight, and the, the magic number will be down to one. Right now it's at four. So any combination of Sox wins and or Indians losses will clinch the division for the White Sox, hopefully they can clinch it tomorrow or perhaps Wednesday afternoon. So uh, the White Sox had their work cut out for them. They're, they're going to get it done, and, and manager Tony LaRusso can hopefully set up his rotation. As we you mentioned, Lakina, two weeks left in the regular season, he can start setting up his uh, starting pitcher rotation, uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Should be a fun, you know, next year week, you know, for not just for the, the White Sox to see if they can sing clinch, but also all of baseball. Who's going to clinch? You know, who's going to end up, you know, you know, just going, you know, fall flat. <laughs> so it'll be very interesting. So we're going to take a really quick break in your last segment of the show. We'll recap college football, some big news coming out of ESPN. They're, they launched a new NBA show and some other stuff, too, that we got coming up next. So still got a lot to talk about still, but. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you on the other side of this break. Stay there. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11-17, of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9-19 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone. Chicago City Lakina here with you as we wrap up today's show. Uh, we just got off the line with Mr. Lamont Pote, friend of the show. He covers the Chicago White Sox for the uh, Chicago Tribune. He's 
heading to Detroit's Comerica Park to cover the White Sox and Tiger series. Uh, the first of the three-game series starts tonight with Carlos Rodano on the mound. And the White Sox are matching numbers at four as the Sox trying to clinch the 2021 AL Central Division title. Go follow Ramon Pole, as Lakina mentioned, on all social media platforms. You can read his articles in the Chicago Tribune and chicagotribute.com. Lakina, it was some great college football action this past Saturday. I got a chance to catch a little bit of it. We'll start off with the big noon Saturday game. Number three, Oklahoma gets by Nebraska 23-16. And DJ Graham... What what a hell of an interception! One handed, the mm. clear play of the weekend, maybe even play of the year. That should get him an SP for next year. <laughs> it really should. Right in front of Trey Young too, uh, Oklahoma uh, from Oklahoma star. There, you know, he caught the game on the sideline. He actually had a, a view of it on his TikTok. So if you guys have a chance, check that out. Just from that vantage point, him and a couple of friends were at the game and you know on the sidelines. It actually ended up being a pretty good game. Like I said before, that Oklahoma yeah. defense, you know, keeps things interesting, <laughs> if you will. But you know, that was you know Oklahoma was able to pull that out. You know, from against Nebraska. Um, you know, Alabama, I think they're vulnerable. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I, I, I remember people need to remember too, Florida didn't have their, their first year, Anthony Richardson. They had Emil Jones, who was their, um, their second stringer. They did not, <laughs> you know, I think there was a couple of, you know, a couple of plays late, especially, you know, they, as they were trying to get mm-hmm. that field goal. Emory Joe, let's just say that's the, the young man from Florida, second string there. But yeah, I mean, but I think, you know, I think they're showing you that Florida gave you the formula, guys. I mean, you guys just got to go go through it. And even Nick, Nick, Nick Saban himself kind of warned everybody, hey, look, we're not perfect. You know, we have our, our yeah. deficiencies. So, and we saw it against, you know, against Florida on Saturday. Yeah, Alabama gets by Florida 31-29. Bryce Young for the Crimson Tide had three touchdown passes off of 240 yards passing. And Number four, Oregon gets by Stony Brook 48 to 7. I wanted to break down the Clemson and Georgia Tech game. Uh, that first half, uh, 32 seconds left in that first half, it was nearly a two hour delay because of weather. But number six, Clemson gets by Georgia Tech 14 to 8. Lakina, I know defense wins championships, but you got to put some points on the bar- board, and Clemson is not doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, yeah, I think it's a combination of, you know, they're kind of having to start over because a lot of their offensive guys are, are in the NFL now. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to take a while for these guys to kind of, you know, get it together. But again, you know, maybe, maybe this is a good thing. These are, these are kind of games that they think you want here, a team like Clemson to kind of show people that, hey, you know, we can pull off these kind of games. You lost one against Georgia, but you're able to, uh, pulling out against Georgia Tech, so I'm I'm not at least at this point I'm not too worried if you're a Clemson fan right now. Now Cincinnati had a a, a nice comeback there against Indiana. I watched a little bit of this game and Indiana had them on the ropes, but look, Desmond Ritter is showing you why he should be mm-hmm. you know kind of like in the in the run for a Heisman. They had a, a punt return, a hundred yard punt return for a touchdown that kind of you know sort of blew the game wide open there. So. You know, for Trey Tucker, so I that was a really good game and a very entertaining game too, and especially the hostile crowd like that because that those that Indiana those Indiana fans you know, they they were jumping. Yeah, shout out to a good friend of the show, Shay Pepler from ESPN. You know, she's a Indiana Hoosier alum, so I know she was excited but disappointed by the result. Um, uh, speaking of the state of Indiana, number twelve Notre Dame defining Irish get by they get by Purdue thirteen. 27 to 13, whether Jack Cohn for Notre Dame, he had 23, 223 yards passing and two touchdowns. Running back Kyron Williams had 12 carries for 90, 91 yards and a score. 
Yeah, that was a <laughs> that, that was a very interesting game too. I kind of feel like, but you know, look, I think look, it's sort of one of those games where you sort of like, you know what? It it it's not it wasn't pretty, but they pulled it out. So that's the important thing. <laughs> I mean, look, like I said before, Notre Dame is very overrated in my opinion. I think they will slip up. They are going to slip up at some point. So yeah. you know, I'm not too you know. I know I got a lot of fans. I got a lot of friends who are Notre Dame fans. You know, they're kind of yelling at me about, okay, yeah, okay, y'all, y'all gonna lose a couple of times. So <laughs> y'all, y'all go, y'all go ahead with that. But uh, yeah, so I'm not like that. Didn't really impress me. Uh, our, our buddy uh, Armando you know, chimed in about uh, Georgia Tech lost to Purdue. I mean, Northern Illinois, I should say. Well, Northern, Northern Illinois got their butt kicked by Michigan. So that's really, yeah. and that's, not, that's not really like a good, you know, uh, a good loss to kind of lean on there. But, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how Michigan looks as they get, you know, to the, because they have a, a very tough game against Rutgers Saturday. So we'll talk about more about that on Friday show, but of the whiteout game over at Penn state, you got, yes, uh, that state. was a great game to watch. I watched part of that file following the, the conclusion of the white Sox game. Of course, uh, number 10 Penn state, the Nittany Lions. I finally said it correctly the first time <laughs> they got by the Auburn Tigers. They're ranked number 22, 28, 20 Sean Clifford for the Nittany Lions had 280 yards passing and two touchdowns. And of course, Jahan Dotson had 10 catches for 78 yards and they score. Lakina, you mentioned, as I mentioned on Friday, uh, watching the commercials, the whiteout. Uh, it was great to see that crowd there in Happy Valley. Auburn had a couple of chances to steal that game. Penn State actually had a chance to put that game away late with the fumble return for a touchdown. It was the right call by the officials to call it back after the replay review. Auburn still had a, a chance to tie the game up, but Penn State had, uh, had the Excuse the expression. They had the stones to make some plays down the stretch to, to seal that game. It was a very, uh, very good game to watch in, yeah. in that great atmosphere. Yeah, uh, Penn State has won four of the last five of those whiteout games, so that's a yeah, a, a nice deal, a testament to them. And and, and look, I, I think yeah, there was an Auburn player that got ejected for targeting, which was stupid. Another stupid rule that needs to be uh, rescinded. But again, <laughs> we'll have, we have the time for that. But yeah, I mean, this right. actually, actually being a very entertaining game and. Look, I look. I'm not going to say that Penn State's in the driver's seat with Ohio State struggling. You know, they're in the driver's seat in the Big Ten East. But you know, I, look, I, I think I think Dotson probably has a chance to perhaps maybe put his name in the Heisman hat. And mm-hmm. and, and look, we'll see what they do the rest of the way. They got a pretty tough schedule too as they go you know deep into the conference play. So we'll see how they do. Probably one of the most uh, it, you know head scratching losses was by UCLA against uh, the uh, Fresno State from the Mountain West. Chip Kelly well, may be back on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, that was a, definitely a head scratcher there. But you know, look, I mean, you know, shout out to the Bulldogs, you know, from the Mountain West. I mean, they've actually been, you know, pretty. They actually have been pretty good. I mean, you know, they're three and one right now as they get into their conference play. Um, Jay, you know, Jay Hayner had a, uh, you know, three, mm-hmm. you know, two touchdown uh, passes. Um, you know, they couldn't stop the run. You know, V. So you know, Ronnie Rivers had. Uh, 136 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and they you know, they just they just couldn't really use it. Just really could. I think this is sort of one of those things where they kind of took Fresno State lightly. So cause I, I was able to kind of catch a little bit of it. It was on the Pac-12 network, but it just seemed like you know they they kind of were sleepwalking, and you know oh like, oh wait a minute they actually came to play Fresno State. So oh we better but you know <laughs> give Fresno State credit for for able to hang on. Yeah, that's what happens when you get caught with your pants down. Excuse the expression. Um, West Virginia, the Mountaineers, they get by uh, number 15, Virginia Tech, 27 to 21. Braxton Brummeister uh, for Virginia Tech had 20, 
223 yards passing, including two touchdowns. For West Virginia, Letty Brown had 19 carries, 161 yards rushing in a score. Uh, Kaleeb Smith for Virginia Tech has six catches for 58 yards. Yeah, um, a nice showing there, Vio, and that West Virginia. They had a little bit of a rivalry there you know, between them and Virginia yep. Tech. Yeah, they play like every other year, but this is you know this is a nice way for for West Virginia. They you know, they lost a tough one in, in their last game, I believe it was OK State, but yeah, you know, they were able to you know bounce back and you know up a uh, kind of a minor upset, you know, beating um, Va Tech. So you know this is a, this is a nice showing for them. We'll see what the Mountaineers can do the rest of the season. Yeah, my guy, Herm Bebertson, number 19, Arizona State. They lose to number 23, BYU, as they improve to 3-0. They defeated Arizona State 27-17. to That was Maryland that the West Virginia lost to. But, yeah, this game, yeah, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't slide on BYU. They made some, you know, Jaden Daniels made some mistakes, you know, for, for Arizona State, and BYU was able to take advantage of it. So, look, I'm not going to say BYU is going to run the table. I know Cincy and Coastal Carolina fans are not, <laughs> not going to be very happy with me. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I see a couple of losses for BYU there, but you know, they got the best of. You know, they've, they've actually been playing pretty well against each. These two teams have been battling the last four seasons. I think this is like they're even now. So, you know, it, it's just a tough loss for um for uh the Sun Devils. But you know, it is what it is. Let's head over to the Big Ten. Michigan State, they're three and zero. Congrats to Mel Tucker. They defeated number twenty-four Miami, thirty-eight to seventeen. I did get a chance to catch some of the second half. De'Ara King, the quarterback for the Hurricanes, he had three eighty-eight for two touchdowns, but he had a couple of costly turnovers. Michigan State was able to take advantage of them. Uh, Michigan State was well, they were the better team. They put up twenty-one points in the fourth quarter. Michigan State deserved the win. They were the better team, period, in the sentence. Yeah, like, that's all I can add. I mean, I think, you know, Peyton Gore <laughs> had four, four touchdowns, you know, four touchdown passes. Kenneth Walker, you know, no touchdowns, but he had another 100, 172 rushing mm-hmm. yards. So, but, yeah, like you said, the defense, it was a defense that kind of killed the Canes. And, you know, it, I, I think Manny Diaz is on the hot seat there, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but it's a, you know, Mel Tucker's got Sparty playing pretty well. They're 3-0 now, so we'll see how they do when they get into conference play. Yeah, I know locally, of course, Michigan State gets by Northern Illinois 63-10. to Yeah, Illinois loses to Maryland. I know that was last Friday. And Northwestern lost to Duke on the road. I did turn to that game via Makaputa, and I saw the score 24-0. I was like, uh, let me turn away from that. I'm glad I did. <laughs> Yeah, the Northwest did make it interesting, though, but like you said, it just wasn't enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they we were afraid this would happen with Northwestern with a lot of their guys leaving, you know, for the NFL and such. And, yeah. you know, the, the now we're seeing it. <clears throat> they have a great season, but then they end up having, you know, take a couple of steps back. So what what can you do? Um, you know, Minnesota, uh, shout out Colorado, 30 to nothing. You know, they went up like 15, like 14, I should say. I kind of left the game. So, like, okay, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's look. I, I look. I think PJ Fleck. You know, we'll see how they look as we get get into conference play deep into it. But I mean, it, it's going to be a very interesting, you know, Big Ten, especially on the Western side. I know Iowa's on the driver's seat right now, mm-hmm. but you know, strange things happen. Yeah, and let's review this last game from the top twenty-five. Number nine, Ohio State had a little trouble with Tulsa, but they get by the Tulsa. 41 to 20. Trevion Henderson had 24 carries, 277 yards, and three scores for the Buckeyes. Lakina, I, I know Ohio State is two and one, but 
uh, when you get to the later part of the season with conference play, the schedule is going to get tougher. I know Ohio State has the talent, but they're just not in sync right now, not what we expect from them uh, historically uh, coming from that program. Like I said before, when the game against Minnesota, the first of the season, I mean, they didn't look that impressive, and their mm-hmm. defense is going to that's going to be the thing that's going to keep them from going to the uh, the Big Ten Championship again this year. It's going to be their defense if they don't improve. Like I said, it's going to get tougher. I think you know teams are going to see that, that they're maybe a little bit vulnerable. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll see how they look. And 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 look, I look. That's not to say that they, they can't get better, but right now I'm not seeing it. So that's you know, Oregon was able to expose that. But also a shout out to Deontay Williams. From who was interim coach over at USC. USC had a nice win against Washington State. You know, Wazoo 45-14 after overcoming a 14-14 at the deficit early on. But I'm not going to say he's going to end up getting the job, but it's obvious that the player loves, loves him. So we'll, we'll see how he finishes the season. He's probably going to have to win the you know, the Pac-12 South in order to even have a chance to actually get an interview for the job. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see what what he does the rest of the season. Also, too, also, uh, Oklahoma State and Boise State. That was a very uh interesting game that got down to the wire. That Oklahoma State was able to uh block a got a piece of a field goal that ended up actually hang on to win the blue turf. So a nice win for Mike Gunn and his guys over Boise in that blue turf. Instead of saying, "Guys, say, I'm a man. I'm 40." That's him. Well, he's actually 50. <laughs> well, he's 51 now. So that's I'm 51. <laughs> I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Also, to Northern Arizona, uh, shout out to them. They actually beat Arizona. That's uh, they have a new coaching staff there in Arizona. So, uh, yeah. So it's another another a nice way for the FCS. They are also to Florida State. I I don't. I don't know what to say. You know, they're zero and three for the first time since uh, God rest his soul, Bobby Bobby Bowden's first year in you know 1976. I I don't know. I guess you know, Mel's got to do some soul searching right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say even my lifetime. You know, I'm not a college football head like that, but Florida State struggling zero and three to start the season. It, uh, it, it had to have been a long time since that's happened. Yeah, also to uh, Utah, uh, San Diego State with a nice win against Utah in triple overtime. That was a, I actually caught a little bit of that too on CBS Sports Network. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, a lot of lot of great fun games, you know, in, in college football this weekend. Yeah, so as we, as we said during the football season, hashtag Football Friday uh, around twelve thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. So Lakina will give you her best uh, college football games to watch for for this. For the coming week's game, so keep it right here on Second City Sports on on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, you mentioned that ESPN has finally re- revealed their new host for their new NBA show starting this fall for the 2021-22 season. Yeah, uh, the NBA today. I know that that's uh, that's a little confused. I confuse some people with uh, you know, not to be boosted NFL today on CBS, but the NBA. Mm-hmm. Today is hosted by Malika Andrews and a cast of thousands. Um, it'll make their debut um, sometime, I think, in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, a very uh, unfortunate Twitter is not working right now. So I had the thing up, but it's not showing anything. But uh, yeah, but uh, look, I think this is a big opportunity for her, right? especially after what happened with Rachel Nichols, and we're not going to rehash. You know all that, but you know this is a, a nice, a nice, you know this is like a really great show. Among some of the other folks that are going to be appearing on there, Shanae Olagulier. That's why she got pulled out of her show with with uh, Mike Golick on their ESPN radio show. A few mm-hmm. oh, also to um, Asia Wojnarowski. I think I have it right here. Uh, amongst many others, and yeah, so this is going to be a new show. It's going to be launching on 
ESPN. And yeah, so so what do you think? Yeah, did they say the date yet or not? No, I was trying to get the article up, but apparently Twitter's not working right now. So <laughs> what a coincidence! I but, know. But congratulations to uh, Miss uh, Malika Andrews for, for a great assignment. Hopefully, ESPN will still let her uh, do some sidelines for at least for the important games for this upcoming season, including the playoffs as well. She did a heck of a job during the final stepping in for Rachel Nichols. Uh, she um, she was here in Chicago for a brief time, but she did great work for the Tribune as well. And so she's been all over the country covering the NBA and other sports as well. So she deserves this, this opportunity, and I'm sure that the show is going to be great. Now, Lakina, I know you, me, you are the same age. Remember when ESPN had the, the original NBA Today show? It was a yes. half hour. Mark yes. Jones who still works with them, and of course he's the lead TV voice for the Sacramento case. He used to do that jump jumper pose at the end of every show. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious, but it was the. It was a style, it was a flair that he brought to that show back in the 90s. So I'm sure, uh, especially for you younger folks uh, listening, watching us on YouTube, go pull up uh, those old clips on YouTube. Uh, it, it was something to watch back in the day. Coming home after school, right before those old school sports centers, you watch some NBA Today, and you get Mark Jones with his flair and his style. Uh, it was nothing. I don't know if it's going to be like that this time around, but uh, it was just some good times back there watching the original NBA Today show on um. Uh, ESPN. This is before they had that contract with the radio, with the ESPN radio. Of course, now they have everything with, with their television. Yeah, I got that. Got it right here on my phone. It'll be on. It'll premiere on October eighteenth. Okay. At two o'clock Chicago time. Um, you know, Malika is going to be there with you know Kendrick Perkins, you know Vince Carter, Shanae, uh, Zach Lowe, Adrian Wojnarowski, and also Ramona Shelbourne will be uh, like a rotating panel. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of like a, a kind of a sort of a similar style, but I think they're going to keep it like you know professional and, and such. So, yeah, so that'll that'll air starting October eighteenth. Also, shout out to to Vince Carter. I know they brought ESPN brought him on slowly last year. I know he does some part time work with the Atlanta Hawks broadcast team as well. But Vince Carter did a heck of a job with Bob Fitzgerald uh, on NBC during the Olympics. Of course, Bob Fitzgerald is the TV voice for the Golden State Warriors. But mm-hmm. I was I was hoping that Vince Carter would get more opportunities with ESPN to do shows, not just pop up on Sports Center. It looks like he's going to, as you reported, that he's going to be part of this show on the. Hopefully on a regular basis, and so uh, Vince Carter really has a lot to offer. He's an intelligent young man, so uh, he he knows what he's talking about, and so he could bring a different pers- perspective on the player side. So it's nice to see. Hopefully, see Vince Carter get more opportunities besides just Sports Center. Yeah, hopefully he'll be doing some college stuff too. He was a, a, a star player over at North Carolina mm-hmm. for a couple of years, so I'm hoping hopefully he'll be able to uh, they'll, they'll they'll use him for that their coverage as well, especially with. You know, with Roy Williams, you know, retiring and now Coach K is going to retire at the end of this season coming up. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how he does. Now we got a few more minutes left, Sid. Is there anything you want, anything sports media wise or sports wise we didn't get a chance to talk about yet kind of caught your eye this weekend? Now, going back to the NFL, of course, Akeem Talib and Gus Johnson, um, they did a great job yesterday. As we said on Friday, it was going to be the entertaining part of the broadcast. Actually, the play on the field made it, uh, the game that much more entertaining to watch. Uh, Gus Johnson, we know him uh, for for years doing Knicks basketball on the radio side in the 90s, of course. He was the uh, college basketball voice 
for when he was working with CBS back in the day, uh, even though he didn't, never got a chance to call a Final Four. Uh, uh, when you think of Mark Shamanis, you think of his uh, his enthusiasm, and his great voice. Ha <laughs> ha! But you know, he he was the he was the Milwaukee Bucks TV voice for the last few years. Of course, now with his assignments changing, he's doing more. He's doing still college football, the big noon Saturday game. Of course, he's going to do more NFL games this season. So I'm really proud of him. He's a Howard graduate. Uh, him and Talib had had to, uh, they had great chemistry yesterday. And of course, you mentioned the last <clears throat> second call that missed field goal by Joseph of the Vikings. For those of you that missed it, you can catch it right here on YouTube or go to social media. Uh, it was very good, entertaining call. It, 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 it was a very irritating game. I'm glad they got it irritating game because, like we said earlier, that game could easily been a blowout. You know, yeah, yeah. Especially with all the, uh, the 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 injuries that the Vikings had, that a lot of the guys didn't play. So the fact that they were able to keep it close, I think they should be commended for that. Um, for me, I would say Once Upon a Time in Queens. Oh, yeah, for those who don't know, that's the anthology series from you know, the latest anthology uh, series from the 30 for 30 folks at ESPN, chronicling the mid-80s um, New York Mets, of course, culminating in them winning the World Series in 1986. And they kind of get, get you behind the scenes and stuff like the stuff that went on. It, it, you know, let's just say you have to watch the unfiltered version to actually really appreciate. I actually, I actually forgot it was on, and I had to watch it like on ESPN to the repeats. I, you know, they they bleeped out a lot of the good stuff, so I couldn't really, I really fully appreciate it. But they oh, so did. They, they treated it like last last dance because they remember last yes. dance, of course, the Michael Jordan story. They had the raw version on ESPN, and I believe ESPN two had the Walt Disney version, as we call it, with the beeps out. Yeah, and also I actually was able to watch those last two parts, the last, like, the three and four, you know, <laughs> unfiltered. Actually, it was a lot more entertaining <laughs> as I predicted. But so many of the Jesus, so many, and you know, Keith Hernandez's cat was there on the table. We saw. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. I, I still haven't seen the whole thing yet, and I will see the whole thing this week. I promise. But as I mentioned on our last episode, I only saw the same one when they did Game Six between the Mets and Boston. I'll get to that part in a second, but. Well, why was that cat there, Lakina, in front of Keith Hernandez? And what was the purpose of that cat being there? That's his cat. That's his cat. That's his cat. <laughs> that's his cat. That's all, that's all I can say. That that's his cat. And his cat, his cat wanted to, you know, to crash the interview. So they they let him in. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a good cat. So he didn't, you know, he didn't make any noise and like that. He actually didn't mind the camera. He actually didn't look at the camera. He was looking at that him. So I guess that's kind of that kind of helped a little bit. But, you know, on the series, you, you saw, you know, Daryl Strawberry and his background that, you know, came from an abusive, you know, family. And mm-hmm. we, that called mm-hmm. in what happened with him and his first wife. Um, he's actually now a minister. You'll, you'll see it in the, in the doc. You guys haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Also, Doc Gooden and what happened after the win and the fact that he wasn't there at the parade. You know, yeah. I, I won't get into it, but you guys have to actually watch it. Some of the other stuff, the weird stuff that happened, um, Sid Fernandez, you know, Sid Fernandez, Sid Hernandez, I should say, you know, he was, um, you know, sort of called upon those last, you know, those last, you know, few outs of Game Six, and just so many like weird things. You have to actually watch the the, the series to actually fully appreciate and you know see what happened. What happened? And um, the GM at the time, Wayne Kersey, I mean, he traded in Kevin Mitchell, who actually ended up winning MVP in the N- in the NL with the Padres a few years after he got traded. He he traded the guy that you know. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll say this. George Foster, who was there, who was traded mid-season in 86, you know, said that, well, you know, they would trade, 
you know, a, you know, a, a black player for a mediocre white player or, you know, something else too. He said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. This wasn't verbatim, but he, he got traded. And after the season, Kevin Mitchell got traded and, you know, Ray Knight also got traded, you know, this, the hero mm-hmm. from the, uh, the game six. And, you know, as of course they got to game seven, it was right after game seven, actually right at the parade and just, I don't know if this this could have lasted longer than it, than it did, but it was actually a really wild ride. Of course, they did an infamous um, plane ride that happened after their <laughs> after <laughs> NLCS win against the Astros. You know, they were <laughs> again. You have to watch the series to really fully appreciate it. But it was just a another great um, anthology series. So even if you weren't a Mets fan, it was really cool that they got the guys that are from Queen, like Chuck D and John Macro and Cindy Lauper and a few others. You know, who were there at the time, who were actually bit stars themselves in the eighties. You know, yep. kind of help them uh, sort of call to me what's what kind of tell us, help tell us sort of what went on there. So if you guys hey, pop, she well, also, too, well, also, too, music actually could have actually played a part too. They had all types of you know, all types of music. They had the Beastie Boys in the background. Um, there, there were queens, there were queens, uh, rap, yeah. group, rap group. Um, you know, I think they had, I believe they also had uh, Run DMC, a couple of their hits on there too. They were also uh, New York guys, so. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was a really great anthology. So if you guys haven't had a chance to watch it yet, make sure you guys check it out. It's got ESPN Plus. I'm sure, and I'm sure ESPN will repeat it too, you know, throughout yeah. the rest of the year. But just to look out, check out the listings for it. But it was a great, it was a really another great mm-hmm. anthology series. Real quick on the Game 6 uh, uh, review against the against the Red Sox. They interviewed uh, Bob Stanley, the closer of the mm-hmm. um, Red Sox. I was surprised he even uh, talked about it, but yeah. he was gracious enough to do it. But uh, they did show the club. I don't know if I said this on Friday, Lakina, if I did. So be it uh, for those of you that watched our show on Friday. But uh, they did show the uh, the Bob Costas, who was, wor- of course, working for NBC at the time. They mm-hmm. had the trophy yes. in the Boston's locker room. <laughs> and they had the tarps up covering the, yep. the Boston's players' personal things in their yes. jerseys and all that. And as soon as uh, Ray Knight crossed home plate to tie the game, they rushed that thing on out of there. And I said to myself, if that was to, uh, in today's society – we had so much uh, mobile equipment yes. and things along that line. That thing would have been out just like that instead of holding the Red Sox players yes. uh, in the clubhouse. That thing would <laughs> rush out in a hurry like someone's stealing something from a grocery store. <laughs> I said, we, so many things have changed from 35, 40 plus years if that would have ha- happened today. Oh, let's get a whole ball out of here. Rush. Five seconds. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Well, and I think what's interesting too that there, there, like, there are a lot of things that went on then that they they wouldn't be able to get away with now. Of course, like I said, the infamous plane ride back and uh, Sandy Carter, uh, Gary Carter, you know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were she was really like you know gracious and really nice lady. You know, she was you know actually inter- interviewed. You did the interviews. So that was really you know nice of her to do it. And you know, I'm sure if he had been a still, he would have been still with us. Yeah, I'm sure he had a lot to say because. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, he Keith Hernandez said that he was a leader, but then Gary Carr said he was a leader, and you know this and that. So it was just, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's too bad that he's not with us. I'm talking about Carter. I mean, because I'm sure yeah. he would have, I'm sure he would have said he was a leader. So it was just, <laughs> just, uh, it was just funny. And also too, some of the stuff that they did. I mean, with the women and you know the drugs. You know, we, we saw Keith Hernandez when he went through with his drug issues. That's why mm-hmm. when he was with the Cardinals, why the Herzog traded him after their World Series, and of course we all know Daryl Strawberry's um, drug issues, mm-hmm. and also too. Um, Doc Gooden's issues, so it was just just so much stuff that they could have that they, they did then they, they couldn't get away with it now in social media. They just couldn't do it. All right, Lakina closes out. 
Oh boy! Oh god! <laughs> look, that's still that's still got. I don't. I know you haven't finished watching it yet, but that's still got me in a day. So, but guys, please yeah. check it out if you guys get a chance. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. We like to thank Lamont Pope. Uh, the Chicago Tribune writer. He covers the White Sox for their great publication. Uh, check his articles out at chicagotribune.com. And you can follow him at Lamont Pope on social media. You can download the Sports Zone Chicago app at the Apple iTunes or, or Google Play. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch our shows live or catch up on previous shows uh, that we have here on the network. Also, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to listen to the audio version of this program, you can do so by simply uh, typing in War on Anchor that we're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on the podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor, and call War Media on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can catch this show live and in living color every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, we air live. We go live every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right. So for Sid, I'm Lakian. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. You know, if be good to each other, y'all be safe out there. If you're not going to get vaccinated, at least wear a mask and wash your hands. So, you know, have a great day, everybody. You know, it's getting a little cooler out there, folks. It's going to be a little more seasonal. So make sure you get to get your got your fall clothes on and get ready for the foliage. So this has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Go Sox 2021 AL Central Division champs. Holla! That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs>